This is Millie, and this is the Escaping Narcissistic Parents podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you've been looking for. Welcome to my new listeners, and thanks to my loyal friends. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word. Consider donating to my podcast via PayPal and check out my new TikTok page. I will put all the info in the show notes. And please give the podcast a five-star rating so it reaches the people that may need it. Hi, guys. I hope you're doing well today. I've been busy um, doing TikTok videos, silly ones, serious ones. I'm trying to make it fun and interesting. And... um, We'll see what happens. Mostly, I'm doing it to promote the podcast. So I guess I don't really have to promote it to you. But I think you might find the videos fun. Um, they're not all serious. They're not all, you know. I want to I want to have a um, an array of different videos. You know, I don't want them all to be, oh my God, all about narcissistic mothers and, you know. And I'm also taking a little bit of a risk, as a lot of you may understand, because, well, I'm putting my face out there. And that's one thing that I've really been trying not to do, putting my real name and face out there, because, you know, you never know. You never know what can happen. But we'll see what happens. We'll see how this works out. Um, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Anyhow, so I want to talk about something that doesn't come up very often, and it should. But it it does come up, but it comes up in a different way. And I'm going to entitle this podcast, Narcissistic Fleas. This is when you have picked up narcissistic traits from your parents, right, from your mother or father. And most of you, it comes out in the form of, am I a narcissist? I feel like I'm a narcissist. I've gotten several messages on uh, Instagram about asking me, am I a narcissist? And my answer is always the same. You cannot be a narcissist because narcissists, by definition, cannot self-reflect. They would never ask themselves a question like, Am I possibly toxic? You know, is what I do wrong? Okay. Um, number one, because they know what they're doing is is wrong and hurtful and mean. That's what they want. That's what they're getting out of it. They're getting a negative reaction from you. That's what they need. Um, so if you're asking the question, most likely no. But yes. The answer is no and yes. Yes, in the in the sense that we cannot be raised in that kind of environment without picking up narcissistic traits. It's just impossible. It's impossible not to. And I see it with my arguments with my husband. And it hurts me because I don't want to be the person who's hurting my husband. 
But there are times when I do, and I don't do it on purpose, right? But when I think back at what I may have said, I, you know, I I realize that that's not me. That's not what I would say that hurts me to think I hurt him. Um, I will add that the things that I have realized I've said have happened years ago. Before I was no contact, before I even realized that my mother was a narcissist. Before I knew that my whole life was a lie and, and, and before my world spun out of control and I turned this spinning out of control and abuse into a place where I could grow from and I could help others grow. So we all have narcissistic fleas, okay? And I worked really hard at not passing on fleas to my daughter, and it's a hard, it's a difficult thing to do because I am consciously always wondering, am I saying the right thing to her? Am I doing the right thing when it comes to her? I know, and I always knew, and I've said this before, that I wanted to raise my daughter the complete opposite of the way I was raised. For example, I wasn't going to push religion on her the way it was pushed on me. I wasn't going to raise her with the superstitions that I was raised with. I wasn't going to not allow, okay, so I should rephrase that too. I was going to allow my daughter to go on sleepovers and school trips and to do everything that every other kid did in school, right? She went to dances, she went to trips, she went to sleepaway camp one summer. She did everything that I begged my mother. You know, actually, I hadn't remembered this for years. But just saying it, it came back to me. I used to beg my mom to let me go to camp in the summers. And of course not. Why Why would she let me do something that I wanted to do? So Emily got to do all of those things. But I still worry about am I passing on any of the narcissistic traits on to her by mistake or not knowing that it's a narcissistic trait and I'm going to give you an example right now um I don't get along with her father obviously I've said this before um that was a toxic situation for me and in the last you know, in the last podcast, I talk about what happened with my parents and then naming him the beneficiary of their will. So, you know, I really don't like the guy. Okay. And that's why they did that. But that's okay. I'm okay. <laughs> um, but I don't always paint him in the greatest light to my daughter. And that's something I need to work on. Regardless of how I feel about him, I cannot taint her vision of her dad. And then she's 19, so that's been formed already. But I want to stop. I want to stop. I'd rather not talk about him at all than talk about him in a negative way because 
that's not good for her. That hurts her. Okay, this is her father after all, and I chose him at the time. So that's a narcissistic flea, because the things I say are exactly the things that my mother used to say. For example, taking credit for Emily's smarts, right? Saying it's genetic. Emily has always been good at math. I was a math teacher. I never had to help her with math homework because she was good at math all through high school. And funny enough, when she started having trouble in math was exactly at the point that I started having more issues with math or issues with math, which was calculus. I still don't freaking get it. I mean, I can, I, I took, as an adult, I took a class, um, a calculus course taught by a high school teacher in, in the district I was working in. And for the first time, I kind of understood calculus. But still calculus was where, you know, trigging calculus was where my mind went, uh-uh, nope, done. You can do algebra and geometry really well, but you can't do this trig and calc stuff. And that's what happened to her exactly. And she never liked history or social studies, and that was me too. So I took credit for Emily's smarts. And then I don't really put him down in that way and saying, oh, he's, you know, your your dad, you're not smart in this way or whatever because of your dad. But there are things that, you know, behaviors that I'm like, well, that's more your dad. And I don't want to do that. Because my mom used to do that to me all the time. You're just like your father. She used to tell me constantly um, that I was too that I was shy, just like my father. And now again, something that occurred to me that I wasn't really shy. Um, I'll tell you exactly when I realized that I wasn't shy or she made me think I was shy to the point that I was saying to people I'm really shy and people would look at me like I had three heads when they got to know me um when I got to college I decided well you you need to open up you need to make friends and be open because if you don't you're not you're not gonna have fun in college and I did and I made a lot of friends it was easy for me so she would still put me down and say, you're just like your father. Your, your anxiety. Oh, my God, did she use my anxiety against me? Jesus. That is one thing that I don't do with my daughter. My daughter does feel anxiety from time to time. And I think in her case, it's normal. It's like before tests, before finals and stuff. Um, whenever she changed, like when she went to middle school, she had issues. When she started high school and now... She's in a sophomore college, so she's through that first year. But the first year was really harsh on her. Um, and, and with COVID, I mean, things have been really sucky in general, but she's had anxiety. And I, in that situation, I'm the one who would cry and say, I gave her anxiety. Sorry. I would say I gave her anxiety, but not I gave her anxiety, more like genetically I passed it on to her. Because they say it's, you know, like 50% genetics, 
50%, you know, uh, reasons why the way you were raised or whatever. So anyway, I'm trying with her. But with my husband, I see myself having thoughts. And I don't like my thoughts sometimes. Because I will put my husband down in my thinking. And it's not always because most of the time I see what a great man he is. And I tell him that. I've been married to him for almost 14 years. And I've been happy for 14 years. Have I been happy every single moment? No. Of course not. I'm, a, You know, it's, it's, it's a marriage. So, you know, there's going to be conflict. But overall, I've been happy with him. And he has grown with me. And he has accepted everything. He met me. I was a size 4. I was... On an antidepressant, which made me extremely happy and confident. And I've gained, I, I can't even say how many pounds because I haven't weighed myself in a, in a long time. But with my Graves' disease plus COVID plus, you know, just life, I've gained like 80 pounds. And that man loves me. Okay. And he's stuck with me with all of the crap that my family has done to me. He's been there with me. And I still have these thoughts. And that's narcissistic fleas. And guys, I am specific about my mom a lot of times on here. But now with my husband. I refuse to put my dirty laundry out there when it comes to my husband. That's between me and him. But... Let's just say the fleas are there and I have to recognize it. And it's really difficult to do, right? It's difficult. It's difficult. Sometimes you have to hear someone say something for you to go, oh my God, I have been doing this. There is a bright side to all of this. Narcissistic fleas aren't permanent, just like real fleas, right? You can get the... um advantage uh, spots you know for you guys that have pets you know what i'm talking about the spot treatment uh once a month for the fleas you can get the medication put it on the back of your neck right again if you have a pet you know what i'm talking about <laughs> and relieve and kill a lot of those narcissistic fleas and the medicine is just mindfulness when you say when when you're going to say something take that extra second to think about what you're going to say especially in an argument don't just blurt out whatever you want even though that is a difficult thing to do don't just blurt out whatever you want actually take the time one second just to think about is what i'm saying going to hurt this person unnecessarily i'm just hurting them is that why i'm saying this just to hurt them because you will feel guilty because we're not narcissists and then we will feel guilty for hurting someone because we hurt someone we love and that does matter to us you know a narcissist wants to hurt people but we don't right right 
we're in a quest to stop hurting ourselves as well as stop hurting other people. And we're growing. I hope that you're growing. I hope that you're listening to my podcasts. That you're becoming an expert in narcissism. You know, there are days I wake up and I think to myself, oh my God, I just want to turn my back on all of this because it's hard. It's draining emotionally, especially this podcast, because I can put up a post on Instagram or even do a TikTok. And it's TikToks are so fast, you don't have time to get emotionally involved. And I'm a good actress, as it turns out, because I have a couple of ones that look like I'm really emotional and I'm totally acting and it looks really convincing to the point where my husband's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. No, I was acting for the TikTok video. <laughs> um, I should have, I should have acted. That's something I wanted to do. And I want, and I, I never did. And, and when COVID's over, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and, and join the, um, the, uh, acting group that's near where I live, which is, you know, free. They don't pay you. Um, anyway, I don't know where I was going. I lose my caboose all the time. Um, that we're, that I hope that my, though, that there's days that I wake up in the morning and I just, I say to myself, I just don't want to today. And I don't, I, if I feel that way, I, I won't post anything or record a podcast, but it doesn't last long, right? I give myself a break and then I go back to it because I know how important this is. I feel like this is my purpose. And you know that being who we are, that's the hardest thing for us to figure out is what our purpose in life is. And besides being a mother, this is my purpose. My purpose is to help anyone who is either currently in a narcissistic relationship, whatever the relationship is, or to guide those that have gotten away from a narcissist because the healing part is such a long process. And recognizing narcissistic fleas is something that comes way, way later in in the whole scheme of things, right? I mean, after you go no contact, regardless of who it is, you have to deal with the smear campaign and, and training yourself to not care what other people think of you because they're going to think whatever they choose to think and they're going to spend two seconds thinking about it anyway. Then figuring out who the flying monkeys are and getting rid of them. And that takes years, you know. Right now, I'm thinking that someone I trusted may be a flying monkey. And I'm four years. Tomorrow is my birthday. It's my four-year-old birthday. The four-year birthday of being free is tomorrow. I've made it. You know, that's amazing. Four years. It almost seems unreal and like it's not long enough, both at the same time. Um, so figuring out the flying monkeys, then going through 
the pain of facing the things that were done to you on purpose, feeling those feelings, processing everything, going to therapy, talking about what it's, what's hurting you, what's bothering you, getting to the place where you're not thinking about your mother, father, or ex every day, every moment of the day. And then you start to see things like, I'm behaving like them. This is a long process. Healing takes a long time. I think in, um, I believe the, yeah, the, 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 pod, the TikTok video I posted on Instagram, that's one of the, yep, nope, you know, that, that video, um, one of it is, is healing easy or is, does, is healing fast or something to that effect. And healing takes so long and not only does it take long, but it, it's an ongoing process. It doesn't stop. You don't wake up one day and go, I'm healed, right? It's not, it's not, you know, it's not a broken leg. Um, but yeah, we're, we all have the narcissistic fleas and I don't want you to feel bad because you've realized that you have it too, that you treat your significant other the way your mom treated your dad, for example. Um, well, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example because I, I don't want to, I don't want to be too vague that you don't really get it. When I argue with my my husband, I bring up the past a lot, okay? And sometimes it's not even our past. It has to do with his past. And he doesn't have this awful past at all. It's just one thing. And I bring it up, and I realize the only reason I bring it up is to, to hurt him. And that is beyond wrong, and I realized that that's just what I saw and, and what I was used to. My mother never gave my dad any credit for anything he did. She put him down on a daily basis. I used to defend him. He never defended me, but I used to defend him all the time. She would put him down for where he was raised, right? He would even though she was the one that was raised in a one-horse town, dirt road, country, bumpkin in Cuba. <laughs> okay, I'm not even talking about here. I'm talking about Cuba here. Um, and my dad was raised in the city, so you, 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 you know, you, you make your own opinions. I never understood why she put him down for that, but she did. Um... If he broke something, or something broke, I should say. Like, one time the microwave broke. And she told me that he put something with aluminum foil in the microwave on purpose to break the microwave. And I said to her, why would he do that? doesn't make any sense. He probably didn't even do I never asked him because, well, I never asked him. But why would you put... Why would why would he have done that is the question. To purposely break the microwave that he used more than she did. It's just, I, I, did, I don't want to be her in any way. I am not her. 
So I have to be careful that I don't do the same thing. And I have done it, you know. The toilet, here's another example of a flea. The toilet uh, broke. And my husband was fixing it. He's not a plumber, but he was doing his best, you know. He has some experience because his dad um, was a plumber. And I said to him, don't break it. You know, like as he was working, like if he was Tim Allen and guys, this is a, my references are Gen X references, (laughs) right? Tim Allen uh, from his old show, um, Home Improvement, where he would break everything. But I realized that when I do that, I'm doing what my mother does, not trusting and saying that, you know, my dad broke something on purpose, but why would he break something? And why would my husband break it? It's his toilet too. <laughs> but it, it just, it takes time for us to really see and recognize our fleas and fix it. And how do we fix it? You cannot take back what you said. That's already done. But you can apologize, be specific. So when you apologize, you say, I'm sorry for saying that you were going to break the toilet and then changing your behavior. That is what a real apology entails. The apology being specific and then changing the behavior. Apology without a change in behavior is not an apology. An apology that you where you don't take responsibility for what you did is not an apology. Okay? We're all used to those kinds of apologies from our narcissists. But that's not how we should be behaving. We should fix it. So, I'm in that process right now. This is a surprise a little bit because... It's been four years, right? And I don't spend all of my time thinking about my parents, except when they do something or, you know, when I'm making a podcast. But the rest of my life is, is not just my parents, my parents, my parents. You know, it's not about that at all. Um, and... Coming to realize that once everything really calms down and you've processed so many of those hurtful things that happened to you, and they don't hurt you anymore. You can think about it, and and it doesn't make you cry. It doesn't make you upset. Now the next step is, okay, what the hell did they leave behind? Those fleas. And fixing them. It's okay to have to pick, you know, part of the getting rid of the flea process is taking that little comb, combing through the fur, and picking out the the fleas, the dead fleas or the half-dead fleas, right? You don't want them to lay eggs and, and grow, you don't want your pets to grow more fleas, to get more fleas. So, that's the, that's the step I'm in now, I can't say that that's the last step. I'll keep you up to date on that one. But 
I'm picking out fleas. And I'm trying to fix it. And I'm trying to be a better person. I truly believe that if you give out good to the world, if when you do something you have the best intentions, and if you make a mistake you're truly sorry and you ask for forgiveness and you change your behavior and you send out way more love than you do hate, that your life will be a good life. That things will come back to you in light and in love as well. I do believe that there is some sort of equilibrium in the universe, right? And I know that bad things happen, right? And, and I always wonder, why me? Why was I chosen to be the scapegoat of this narcissistic family? Why was I chosen to be the scapegoat? Why was I chosen to be the one to change everything? It's so hard. Why me? Why did I grow up in this certain way, mistreated, and then also in a lie? Why did I have three brothers I had no idea I had when I desperately wanted siblings? There's so many things I could just sit in a corner and cry about. And instead, the silver lining, it's not enough. This has been a blessing. What happened to me is a blessing. I had been going through life just living it. And and good things were happening to me. I met my husband. I I fell in love with him. I knew he was the right man for me. I, I knew it. I got lucky because very few people have what I have. I have a wonderful, smart, beautiful, sweet daughter. But I have this, all this other ugly, disgusting, horrible things that happened, right? Yet I consider them to be a blessing now, a lot of the time. Because it gave me purpose. It wasn't meant to punish me it was meant to show me the light and to help other people and i hope that every single one of you can do the same thing i want this to be like for you math people and even if you're not a math person you know what an exponent is that this is exponential that i pass it on to you and you pass it on to others And we get the entire world to understand that not everyone has a great mother. Not everyone has a bad mother either, of course. But that some of us really were raised by these women that were hurting us. And that we need compassion and we need to give compassion. All right. Enough of that. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) All right, guys. I'm going to stop there. I hope this was helpful and I hope that you can see your fleas and correct your fleas and i love you and until next time